grateful for this drink that we're all having here um, that we get when we're not apart. And we'll be sharing some scriptures. I'm going to quickly stuff in that cherry of the word of God to us. I want to start this morning by sharing a fable that, um, that many of you may have heard. It's one of Aesop's fables. Um, it's the one that's called the bundle of sticks. And I showed this. I, I demonstrated this fable with my children uh, when they were young. Uh, you know, we had four children. Uh, first, we had three daughters, and then we had um, our son about nine years after we had, eight and a half, nine years after we had our last daughter. A joyous surprise. But sometimes children will quarrel, right? They will quarrel. And uh, so I shared this story, and uh, the way I shared it was I didn't use a bundle of sticks. I used some pencils, okay? And I tied some ribbons around it. So I'm just giving you that little idea of what I used. I'm going to share this, this story. A certain father had a family of sons who were forever quarreling among themselves. John, you grow up with boys in your household. I don't know. Maybe they still are. No words he could say did the least good. So he cast about in his mind for some very striking example that should make them see that discord would lead them to misfortune. One day, when the quarreling had been much more violent than usual, and each of the sons was moping in a surly manner, he asked one of them to bring in a bundle of sticks. Then handing the bundle to each of his sons, in turn, he told them to try to break it. But although each one tried his best, and they were strong, none was able to do so. The father then untied the bundle, and he gave the sticks to his sons to break one by one. And this they did very easily. And the father said, My sons, said the father, do you not see how certain it is that if you agree with each other and help each other, it will be impossible for your enemies to injure you? But if you are divided among yourselves, you will be no stronger than the single stick in that bundle. That's Aesop's fable, and that's what I tried to teach my children. Even my young children could break a pencil in half. It, I, I got long ones, so they had good leverage on that. Well, we are stronger together than we are alone. And I know that there's some that are maybe home alone today. Um, I hope that you can find a, a believing church that's filled with the Spirit of God. If you haven't found one, we enjoy your listening here. But I say walk, don't run. Get out there and find one somewhere because I know God has a remnant. It doesn't have to be a big church or a little church. It could even be a home church. I don't care where you are. Or if you don't, if you seriously believe there isn't one, then grab a friend 
because it didn't start one. Do you know? We are the church. Get with another believer. Because Jesus said, wherever two or three are gathered in my name, I'm there with them. That's all it takes. That's all it takes. We are stronger when the church gathers together for strength. So we're going to look at uh, several passages and discuss the strength that we experience when, <clears throat> when we gather together. And it's not just when we gather together at church. It's when we gather together at any time. We started our morning off when we gathered together and we went out to get the Christmas tree and cut it down for the CCC. We were gathered together in Jesus' name. We had a blast. He was there with us. I was so blessed. And Pastor and I had been away. And I was really missing all of you. Because believe it or not, I do miss you if I'm not hanging out here with you. And we do watch the service. So you're not getting it away with anything while we're gone. We just want you to know that. <laughs> no, we watch it because we love you. And we rejoice with you and pray with you and bless you. I want to start with a scripture. I want to read this scripture. This is an odd scripture, albeit you'll go, where is she going with this? But um, if you, you live in this area and you've ever gone to the Tunbridge Farm, anybody ever see an ox pole? Anybody know what, you know, that yoke is? You put that yoke on. They don't take one ox. They take how many? Two. They take a pair. And they put that yoke on them, and they pull something one ox could never pull alone. You can't imagine what two oxen can pull. Our forefathers understood that. But Proverbs 14.4 says, Where there are no oxen, the manger is empty. But from the strength of an ox come abundant harvest. Now some translations say, Where there are no oxen, the manger is clean. So with that in mind, we know some, I grew up uh, and had some farm history in my, in my history, cleaning out a barn. When you've got animals in a barn, it can be messy. It's not clean. And imagine what it's like with oxen. Those are big animals. But, um, you know, if you don't want a mess, uh, you want an empty manger. But if this is the manger in the living room of God, I'll deal with the messes. Come on. I'm not afraid of your mess. I hope you're not afraid of mine. Because <laughs> I can really make a mess sometimes of things. Like this morning, <laughs> we started out with joy. It was so funny. Yep, I was making a mess. But... God met me. You know, I could have, I told you earlier about my mess of you know, getting up early and then not realizing what time it was. And Lonnie's like, are you going to church this morning? And I'm like, well, yeah. He goes, well, it's 10 minutes to 9. And I'm like, no, we were joking. I'm like, you're joking, right? I said, no, it's 10 minutes to 8. And he, he's laughing. I think he's just trying to pull one on me. And uh, he goes, Kathy. It's 10 minutes to 9. I go, what? I grab my phone, I look at it, and I'm like, no. Now, see, if I'd gotten distracted and gotten all smeared up in my mess, I would go, I, I was just like, well, I don't know. I'm hitting it right now. 
I jumped out of that bed. I got myself together. It was the 10-minute makeover, about 12, actually, before I hit the door of my house. (laughs) So I could have been distracted, but when I came in here, the presence of God was so strong. He didn't care what I looked like. He didn't care about any of it. Uh, He didn't care if my hair was curled or not curled. He didn't care. He doesn't care, and I don't care about your mess. I'll take a messy manger any day to an empty one. I want it full. There's plenty of hands to help clean it up, take care of it. Amen? So I want to tell you a little story about a mess. It was uh, really about a year, a little over a year ago. It was our first apple harvest. And I had this idea that all the people, all the ministries coming to the feast would love to participate in our first ever Apple Harvest Festival and Apple Pie Bake Off. So I planned it during that Saturday of the feast. And I was so excited. And I thought, they're going to love it. They love what we do here. They're going to do one of our first outreaches ever for the CCC. And that was my vision. And I'm like, I'm so excited. And people have sewn into this. They're going to see us. They're going to experience it. Well, that first year event was kind of messy. We'd never done it before. We planned and planned, and we worked hard and everything. But in the middle of it, things were going haywire. There were missing gaps. We didn't realize that we were going to have. And there were a lot of messes, even tears, the here, there, and yonder, confusion, People got angry about certain miscommunications, that they were going to do something, somebody else. It was messy. It was messy. But, I mean, even to the point, somebody, one of the ministers was like, I'm like, you know, one that I thought was really going to love this. And they were like, really? I never want to do this again? I didn't come here to do this? And... The only thing I can think about is getting out of here as fast as I can right now. So do you see what I mean? See, I had one thought. I never thought like that. It was messy. But God's here. He can deal with our mess. Come on. This last one we ran, I didn't even get to attend it, but I heard it was amazing, and we had people from the community. You know, there may be a mess, but... When the harvest get to when when the when the oxen get to it and we're working together and we're we've got the yoke on together and we're working together, what comes out of it? A huge harvest. That's what they use them for, to bring in a huge harvest. And we experienced it even that year when it was messy. We did. Our first year we received a harvest, and the second one even greater. So, that's one of my little messy stories. Um, but it sounds familiar to us here. We're talking about oxen, but, you know, here we are. We're talking about Jesus, and he's building his church. And so he calls us living stones, and um, he's building us into a spiritual house. Amen? And so I want to read First Peter 5.8. What benefit is it to the devil if you are alone? I want you to think about this because sometimes it's easier, we think, to be alone 
Because we, we're in the middle of a mess, and we just, like, don't want to display that. But what is the benefit to the enemy? Well, I'm going to read it. 1 Peter 5.8, together. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Now, two points I want to make about this verse. The first one is Peter compares, the Apostle Peter compares the hunting style of the devil to that of a lion. And I don't know if you've ever seen it. We've gone, we took our kids on safaris in California. Yes. together if you're alone then you can't clean up the mess all by yourself sometimes so if you have friends to help you then it makes it so that way you get it done quicker come on out of the mouths amen she's a rising star in the house of the lord okay she's going to be starting (laughs) so i want you to think about the style of a lion they are very lazy hunters. In fact, sometimes it's the females that do most of the hunting. Lazy. They like to sleep a lot. They're just watching from their high perch. And what are they watching for? They don't like to attack the herd. They're not interested in that. They're looking for the weak one. They're looking for one veering off. Maybe it's wounded, but they're looking for one that's alone by itself. Come on. You notice that he says, let's read that again. He says, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. He didn't say for the church. That's who he's preaching to. He's talking about one person. Come on. We get a picture here. There is strength in numbers. There is strength in numbers here. There is strength in numbers. If the enemy is looking to devour you, and he sees Debbie Kerwin sitting near you, standing near you, I mean, hey, she's not going to mess with the devil. I heard her in her praying this morning. And she was dealing with it. It was awesome. Yeah. No. I need help when my life is a mess, like we just heard. So, like the bundle of sticks that we heard about. I mean, you wouldn't think about going into a dark alley by yourself at midnight. Would you? Even a familiar one. I know that my kids, we, you know, we had this huge house, and if it was late and something, somebody had to go to the basement, they were like, hey, will you come with me? Hey, will you, will you come with me? Because that in a, in a dark basement, yeah, you want somebody to come with me. <laughs> come with me. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, so I want to say that um, we need each other. 
Ecclesiastics, we're, we're gathered. God wants us to be together, and I'm so thankful for it. We're bound together. You know, that, that story that we read earlier was bound together with a rope or whatever, a string, whatever it was tied together that we read or heard about in Aesop's fable. Mine was just a ribbon I used for my kids. But we are bound together as that bundle of people by faith. Faith and hope and love binds us together. It binds us together. The enemy is not going to break that. If we are together, there is safety in numbers. So I want to read uh, uh, Ecclesiastes 4.12. Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Okay? And we know, as an example, what did Jesus do? He sent them out in pairs. He sent them out in pairs. We even heard the joke about the, the um, ark today. God sent the anim- animals in two by two for various reasons. But even God was looking in the Garden of Eden. This started early. And he said to Adam, it's not good for him to be alone. And he made Eve as a helpmate. Think about the early church, the plurality of, of, of leaders. There were the people, and there were the deacons, and there were the elders, and the pastors, and the evangelists, and the teachers, and you know the apostles, everybody, prophets working together. Um, it's an extensive list. You can read it over and over. There's endless examples in the, better, in the Bible that we are better protected. We're better. We, we have a greater harvest together when we're together. I have a friend um, who is in Pakistan. He's a pastor there. And he just sent me pictures uh, last week of a recent outreach. And... Um, you know, it's, it's tough there. Let me tell you, it is tough. Uh, Christians there know that they're putting their life on the line. There, there's no false conversions in Pakistan. And, you know, it's discouraging at times. I'm sure the enemy tries to come upon. There aren't as many pastors there, and they're far and few between. But he recently, um, his wife was pregnant, and he recently had a beautiful young son, and I saw the overwhelming joy in his heart. But knowing him and praying for him in the spirit, I knew there was also that question, will I see my son grow up to be a man? He's going to give and pour out everything he has. But he recently had a meeting, found a place to have a meeting, and 6,000 people showed up. They can't, they don't advertise meetings do you see? They can't. Uh, they will be <laughs> destroyed before they even get start, started. So this was six. They had a meeting. They found a place. It was outdoors. And <clears throat> they quickly assembled it. And there were 6,000 that met together. Think of the strength. Think of the courage. Do you know? Uh, let's just talk about it. Hey, we're talking 6,000 and his, his people that he's gathered, a group. 
that's a hidden underground church. But can you imagine? I know how blessed he is when his people assemble. It gives him strength. It gives your leaders strength to carry on. Because believe me, the enemy wants to take out a true leader in the body of Christ. They de- the devil doesn't want that. He's looking for that. So that assault of depression and oppression is 24-7. I don't care how, well, I don't know how big a church, I guess I don't know about that. But maybe no matter how small your church is or how blessed it's doing, that is the battle you wake up to every day. And so for myself, when I see your faces here, you give me encouragement because of your own courage and your own determination to come together and bless each other. I can't tell you how it blessed me to see you praying for one another this morning during worship. And I knew that the Spirit of God was here. And earlier, before church even started, uh, the Spirit of God was prophesying and saying, open your mouth. Just open your mouth. Take, I'll speak. I'll speak. And I heard I heard him speaking here through out of so many mouths. Uh, these aren't people that just know you and know about what's going on. No, God was speaking. We were on holy ground. The fire of the Lord was here. There was destiny being released. Deliverance, strength, hope. I mean, I love it. I love it. Oh, Lord. I don't want it to end, but I do want to share a couple more verses that I didn't share with you in Ecclesiastics, the full, a few minutes ago. Remember, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. This is what the word says, Ecclesiastics 4, 9, and 10. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. They have a good return for their labor. Come on. You want to work and not have a paycheck at the end of the week? You, you don't work for that. I'm not saying that's what I serve the Lord for, but I know there's more. I'm receiving things money can't buy. It doesn't always have to be money. You hear me? He's keeping us going. If either of them falls down, listen to this, two are better than one. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. I want to tell you, when I, when I got out to the driveway yesterday to head to, to go to the field and, and choose the Christmas trees, I've done this before. And as many of you know, uh, a couple of months ago, I fell twice in just a matter of a couple of weeks, just accidental fallings. I don't like to share that because they're like, oh, she's getting old, she's falling now. But you know what I mean? That's what I told my doctor when I went down and checked me. I really don't want to tell you this, but I fell again. And, and they're very serious. She goes, um, so, so I said, no, I don't want to tell you this because, you know, you're going to write on my chart. She's getting older now. She just fell twice in two weeks. I, and she started laughing. But she got serious. She says, well, just tell me. Tell me how. I know the first one was an accident. I said, well, this one was too. And then she, after I told her, she agreed. But you know what I mean? You don't want your kids to know that. 
Okay, when you get to be my age. Anyway, all laughter aside, um, the first time I fell, Lonnie and Sean were there, and they helped me pick me up. I had to get out of the slime that I'd fallen in till we could get to ground where we had a sure footing. But I want to say that. What enabled me to be able to do it because I was so injured at the time was I had two there to help me up. Even as messy and I was slimy and filthy in that slime that I had slipped in and hurt, and my pride was hurt too. I mean, it was humiliating. I couldn't, I didn't even know if I could get up. You know when you hurt that bad? But I had two people to help me out. So when I came out, I, there was no women in our group yesterday, and I said, wow, you mean I'm the only girl that gets to be in the middle of this handsome group of men? We're going out to the woods today. And we got there, and then we picked up Chris along the way. And I want to say that... Um, they made sure that I wasn't going to fall. I had at least two on guard with me. And they were holding my hand. And I want to tell you a little story about a teacher. Because we're coming to Thanksgiving. She had asked her students, they were just first graders, and she asked each of them to draw a picture of what Thanksgiving was to them to draw the picture. And these kids were from a depressed area, deteriorating neighborhood. And she thought to herself while they were drawing that, you know, they'd probably draw pictures of bounty even if they weren't going to have that on their table because that's what they thought Thanksgiving is supposed to be. And so as the children were done with their project and they showed their pictures around the room, and there were various things that, of course, depicted Thanksgiving, turkey legs and so on and so forth, turkeys. One little boy, his name was Douglas, he had a picture of a hand, a hand, and nothing else. And so the kids, everybody had been trying to encourage each other about their drawings. I received a beautiful drawing from someone myself this morning. But Douglas's was of this hand. And so one of the kids said, well, one of the little girls said, well, it must be God's hand. It, it's God's hand that helps us all have a good Thanksgiving. And each of them, you know, they, they came up with their different ideas. And then somebody said, well, it, I think it might be the farmer's hand because they grow the turkeys and they grow the potatoes and they grow the things that we're going to eat on Thanksgiving. And so everybody had an idea of what this hand made. And the teacher, you know, so, the, so she was amazed that they were so amazed by this picture of a hand. It drew more interaction from the group than any of the other pictures. And so when they were done, as they were going on with their next project, she went over to Douglas and she leaned over his desk and she said, Douglas, Douglas, what, what? does that hand mean? And he says, it's your hand. And she said, my hand? And he said, yes. That's what Thanksgiving meant. 
to him. She realized that often he was a shy child. He'd always be in her shadow. He was probably one of the weaker ones in her whole classroom. And every now and again, as she would with other children, she would hold him by the hand and take his hand, never knowing how much her just taking his hand, her hand wrapping around his smaller one. It just, when I heard that story, it just touched my heart so much. And it made me think of yesterday, I've been pondering it, and then yesterday I was so aware of those guys holding my hand. Sean saying, no, you can't go down this way. There was ice, there had been a little ice on the leaves and slippery in the hills and it was rolling and no twisting ankles. No, go around the long way. And they came and they took my hand and I thought how comforting it was. I'm just saying, we're here together. And I love what we've been doing these past three weeks. We're starting week three of the power of gratitude. I'm so grateful for the hands that have lifted me up, the hands that have directed my path. I look, I take it all the way back as a child to my mother, to my grandmother, to those who helped me direct my path. I want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And to all of you who have given me a hand, thank you, Christine. Thank you. Thank you. And I don't mean hand claps. I mean helping me, supporting me, believing in me. I believe in you. And may we continue to find ways this week to bless those. Lonnie and I really practiced it this past week. Everywhere we went, no matter who it was we encountered, I would stop, and he would stop if he wasn't with me. And I would say, thank you. Thank you for what you do. If it's the grocery checker, I just want to say thank you for being here. I know you get sore feet by the end of the day, and not everybody's happy, but I want you to know how much I appreciate what you do. You are an essential worker, and you make my life easier. Thank you. We can say it to anyone. I can't tell you how people stopped and just, at first they didn't hear it. And then your words, your words will pierce through. And then they hear it, and because they feel it with the love of Jesus behind it, it goes through any wall. It just, just a simple thank you in earnestness. It just took the walls down, and it touched their hearts with the healing of Jesus. Open your mouth and let him speak. It's been amazing. And so I encourage you, if you don't know what else to do, you can say thank you. Amen. We've come to the end of our service. I just 
I love you all. And I can't wait. And I pray for your Thanksgiving and whatever you're going to do. Mine, again, is going to be different. Pastor, come up here. And um, I always think this is the first year I have to think of Kevin Farnsworth. Uh, I would invite him over for dinner. It was a rare thing he would ever, ever say yes because he loved being at uh, the local church meal and the church dinners, and he would go over there and serve and bring goodies and cook and help serve. I didn't take any offense at it because that's what he wanted to do. But if you're alone, so he said, I'm never alone. I said, I don't want you to be alone, Kevin. I'm never alone, Pastor. I'm never alone. Okay, well, I'd love to... I really wanted some of your fudge. Oh, you know you're going to get that, Pastor. I'm dropping that off before everybody gets there. No, I was just joking with him. You know, yeah. (laughs) But he knew, I miss you, Kevin. And I thank you for all the love that you showed and all the support that you did for us. We miss you, and we know that you and Jesus are having fun now. But um, It'll be a different Thanksgiving for many people this year. And I just pray that God's presence, like it was here this morning, will touch you, will bless you, and may God use you in all that you do this week. And I pray that in Jesus' name. Uh, Before Pastor, he looks like he's got a lot of things to say. But before you do, I just want to tell ladies, ladies spread the word. It's girls only. Sorry, guys. Lonnie may have to come up with something for you guys to do while we're having some fun, but I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about the girls. We're going to have a little jingle over at my house, a little uh, holiday fun, uh, December 11th. So I think it's in the bulletin uh, from, I believe it says 5.30 to 7.30. Uh, It's a Saturday night. Um, I won't kick you out if you stay longer than 7.30. (laughs) We're just going to have a light snack and some good desserts, and just have some awesome, rich fellowship. Okay, girls, I'm not telling you anything more than that. But if you can, uh, save that date so they can come over, leave the guys behind, and uh, we'll do what we do and never tell them about, okay? We'll make them wonder. We'll give them something to talk about. Okay, so I love you all. Uh, I've, been looking, I've been looking forward to this. So here, Pastor. Amen. I just wanted to mention a few things still since we have everybody online. The 27th, which will be next Saturday, and it's in your bulletin as well. But any of you that are in the valley and want to come and help, we're going to start at 9 o'clock. We're going to start preparing both, putting up that 30-foot tree. (laughs) Maybe, well, I won't say it'll be a little bit shorter. But we're going to decorate the outside. We have plenty of lights and the different decorations, but we're also going to be preparing for December 4th. So we'll be also moving tables and doing some of the decorations on the inside. So it's going to be a fun time. If we have uh, plenty of hands to help us out, maybe we'll be able just to have a nice uh, pizza lunch, and then we can kind of just finish up and just have a little bit of joy. Yeah, yeah we could dance. We've got the dance floor out there. But also then we have December 4th. No, let's back up. We have November 28th because that's going to end our 21 days of gratitude. And we're going to be having a spaghetti dinner over at the CCC. And that's going to be a spaghetti dinner. And I would imagine 
Probably Tom and Chris will be involved with that. So be sure, and for any of you that are in the valley, come hang out with us. Come on, hang out with us. Anybody that wants to be a part of appreciating lots of gratitude for one another, that is. So the 27th is going to be a fun time, so you might as well just plan your whole weekend being here. How's that? Because it's after Thanksgiving, and so all of your family members, all of those that you've uh, had enough time with, that you can come over and hang out with us. So that's going to be on Saturday, amen. And then on December 4th, and then you've missed this little Marion Bright, which is going to be our outreach. And so it's going to be a really, really special time. A lot of people have talked about last year, and uh, we're fortunate. Isn't that awesome? Isn't it? And so... Jackie, did you make this? Cool, cool, cool. So that is going to be, it's uh, 1030 to 1 o'clock that we're going to open up to the community. And then from 430 to 530 will be the tree lighting and uh, we'll be singing Christmas carols out front. Like we did last year. Ray sat on a chair out there on the front porch. Come on. We just had a ball. We were there for a couple of hours at least. It was a good, good time. And last year we had the quartet. So we may have some surprise young people that are going to be singing some Christmas carols around the Christmas tree. So please set aside the 27th and the 28th. Really, it's a time that we can minister to each other, but also prepare to minister to the community. And so with that, I'm going to bring this part of it to a close. Or was something you want to... Posters. December 4th. Put it in the window of your car. Yeah, you can put that in the window of your car. People will stop you. They'll stop your car. Stop your car. So, all of you that have been watching, Norm, Patricia, we love you. I know that you're watching. Sean Hoisington, anybody else that we're... Oh, Karen Pearson, I know the different ones that have been... So we bless you and we love you in Jesus' name. Oh, wait a minute. Don't go away. Oh, look at this. Look at this. Come on. Get out of the way. Come on. Look at this. Whoa. Oh, Christmas tree. Oh, Christmas tree. How lovely are thy branches.